Chapter 14 Halloween Part 2 It turned out that the totally rigged nature of most of the carnival games did enable Catra to beat Frosta about half the time. Really this just meant that she didn't do quite as badly as they both lost, but it was still a lot of fun to trash talk each other. Despite her seeming athleticism, Adora was bested in almost everything from ring toss to dart throwing, but had managed to have a moment of triumph with the test of strength. She'd wielded the hammer with gusto and slammed it down hard enough to ding the bell and set off flashing lights and loud, triumphant music. Catra had tried not to notice the ripple of muscle through Adora's arms as she'd hefted the hammer over her head, or the sweet smile she'd flashed at Frosta when she offered her prize to the team. But she'd found both equally disarming and wondered about this new version of Adora that she was seeing tonight. Instead of being cocky, she was like an enthusiastic golden retriever, which surprisingly was a lot more attractive. She shook those thoughts away for the moment to focus on the costume contest that she and Frosta were currently trying to win. They'd made it through the first round of elimination and were now on stage with nine other duos. The MC was DT, and from their brief introduction earlier, it should have been obvious that this competition would be more extra than what she expected. Behind the stage was a large screen that had been the visual effects backdrop for the band that had just played. It was currently being used to display reference photos for the competitors' costumes. The couple just to the right was waving as the crowd applauded, and then DT was standing next to them speaking into a wireless mic. Let's hear it for Team Rocket! Jesse and James did one final pose that matched the image on the screen behind them, and the crowd roared in approval. DT began to sashay over. All right, let's move on to our next duo, Powder and Jinx. As a series of images displayed on the screen, Catra and Frosta matched them as best they could, sending glares and wild looks at members of the assembled audience. Meanwhile, DT was providing color commentary. As the last image hit the screen, Catra took her replica of Jinx's zap gun out and raised it over her head. When she pulled the trigger, there was an impressive flash and the crowd, ooed in approval. Once they'd received their own loud round of applause and DT had moved on to the next duo, Frosta whispered, That was pretty awesome. If we make it to the next round, I'll unleash my monkey bomb. They did make it to the next round, ending up in the final three along with Team Rocket and two women dressed as Princess Bubblegum and Marceline. If we lose, I won't even be mad. We're in good company. Frosta scowled slightly as she responded. Yeah, they're great, but I still want to win. It turned out that Frosty's wish came true and soon the two of them were accepting a ridiculous-looking golden trophy shaped like a jack-o'-lantern. By that point, Catra was ready to be off the stage. As she got to the bottom of the steps, Adora's blue eyes and big smile were there waiting for her. Wow, that was really cool. I don't think I've ever seen such an elaborate costume contest. Congratulations. Thanks. Catra replied, and turned to give Frosta a high five. That was awesome! The teen shouted, slapping Catra's hand with enthusiasm. As they walked away from the crowd, Frosta rattled on about their win, and Catra listened indulgently. Their meandering eventually brought them back to the town center, and they stopped outside City Hall. Frosta took a quick look at the watch hidden under her wristband, and then her eyes flicked between the two older women. I think I'm going to go in and find my mom. Her older friend's brow furrowed. Are you sure? 
There's still almost an hour until your curfew. Yeah, I want to show her the trophy. She started bounding up the steps and then paused, ran back and threw her arms around Katra in a brief but tight hug. Thanks for being so cool. See you later. Have fun. With that, she disappeared into the building, leaving Katra staring after her suspiciously. Adora was shifting nervously next to her, and she turned and gave the blonde woman a small smile. So, Adora started, and then cleared her throat before continuing. Did you want to walk around more, or get another beer? My treat this time. If you want. No pressure, though. Adora stood waiting for Katra's response, not realizing that she was holding her breath. Being around the other woman had been making her nervous all night, partly because they finally seemed to be getting along, and she was worried about ruining that somehow. And partly because Katra looked so good in her costume that it was hard not to stare. Between the exposed midriff and the way the light touch of makeup was making her eyes pop even more than usual, Adora was having a difficult time staying calm. Katra seemed to be considering her offer carefully, chewing on her lip and staring out over the crowd of costumed people. Finally, her eyes met Adora's. Sure, I wouldn't mind one more drink. Okay, great. Adora winced at her own enthusiastic volume and started walking towards the beverage trucks, matching Katra's pace as she came alongside. After a moment of giving herself an internal pep talk, she asked in a normal, conversational volume. What made you decide to do this costume? The resulting laugh drew a responding smile out of Adora and she decided she wanted to hear it more often, hear its different variations, and be the cause of Katra's laughter. Then she realized how much she was already into Katra, she was so screwed. Unaware of all these thoughts cascading through Adora's head, Katra was talking about the character that inspired her costume and how she would watch the show with Frosta when things were slow at the shop. Anyway, once Frosta decided on her costume, I started working on mine as a surprise. Adora managed to clear her head enough to rejoin the conversation. That's really sweet. From Katra's responding scowl, she was momentarily worried she'd overstepped in some way. Sweet? I'm an unhinged criminal. She managed to keep up the hard look for a few moments, and then it dissolved as she chuckled. Wow, you look scared. I guess I am intimidating. Oh yeah? I mean, don't ever mess with unhinged criminals with laser guns. That's one of my life mottos. Her deadpan delivery got another small laugh out of Katra that left Adora feeling warm. It's a good motto. They made it back to the beer truck line by now, and after a few moments of silence, Katra was the one to ask the next question. What made you decide to move back to Bright Moon? Honestly, I wanted a job where I had more autonomy and less sexism. I wasn't specifically trying to move back here, but I'm glad I did. My co-workers here are way better than at my last department. And being in charge doesn't hurt, right? Adora flashed a smile and nodded. Not at all. My story is kind of similar. I got tired of being better than all the guys and still getting underestimated. So I decided to open my own place with my own rules. It was a gamble, but so far it's paying off. Adora purchased them two beers and after handing Katra one can raised her own in a toast. To have more autonomy and fewer douchebags. Katra bumped her can gently against Adora's. I'll drink that. 
They walked slowly through the crowd making casual conversation about their favorite movies. They both loved action and horror, and what store they thought should open in Bright Moon next. Adora wanted a candy store and Katra wanted a bookstore that had a large selection of graphic novels. After how intimidating she'd previously found the other woman, Adora was pleasantly surprised by how easy it was to talk to her. By the time they'd finished their beers and tossed the empty cans into one of the many prominent recycling bins, the crowd was starting to thin out, and the vendors were starting to pack up. I guess it's time to head home, Katra said, and maybe it was wishful thinking, but Adora thought she heard a faint note of regret in her voice. Did you walk here? Yeah. One good thing about this place is I can walk almost everywhere. Would it be okay if I walked you home? Oh, uh. Sure. If you want. Your shop is basically on the way to the house I'm renting. Oh, cool. Katra stuck her hands in her pockets, seeming a little nervous. Shall we? At Adora's nod, she started walking in the direction of home. In the pockets of her makeshift jacket, Katra's fingers wouldn't stop fidgeting. She was feeling surprisingly off-balance at the way the night was going, but didn't want it to show. Maybe, deep down, she'd hoped to see Adora at the Halloween festival. But after their last meeting, or, more accurately, her being unexpectedly confronted with the topless blonde, she'd feared that Adora would be shamelessly flirtatious or somehow bring up that incident as a way to humiliate her. None of that had happened, though, and now she was wondering if she'd read Adora all wrong. She'd been thinking of her as a jock fuckboy, but she was actually kind of a dork. And this ending to the night was feeling very date-like, which she also wasn't sure what to do with. For her part, Adora seemed content to stay silent as they walked through town. When Katra shot her a covert glance, there was a small smile playing on the blonde woman's lips. She wanted to know what was inspiring that expression, and decided to just ask. What are you thinking about? Adora stumbled over nothing, caught herself, and said, Oh, nothing much. I'm just glad I came to the festival. It's been fun. Thanks for letting me spend time with you. Those blue eyes peeked over at her hesitantly as Adora waited for her response. It has been fun, and I've liked spending time with you tonight. As if she'd made a grand confession, Katra snapped her mouth shut. There was a slight teasing edge in Adora's voice now. What's that? Did you just say you liked me? I don't like you, Katra protested, pulling one hand out of her pocket to shove the other woman. The blonde dodged and then somehow caught Katra's hand and held it. Now they were holding hands. They were holding hands. Instead of immediately pulling away, Katra looked over to try and gauge Adora's expression. It was a combination of nervous and hopeful, and as she watched, one of the blonde's eyebrows raised inquiringly. Katra huffed and scowled, but didn't try to pull her hand away. Adora's hand was warm and lightly calloused, and it felt good to hold it. She decided to not think too deeply about it at the moment. They kept walking for a few more seconds and then Adora said, You may not like me, but I like you. How unfortunate for you, was Katra's quick response, though there wasn't any real bite in her tone. Maybe. But I think I can eventually convince you to like me. Katra tried to switch back into a more casual, teasing tone. Possibly. Ian's from now after you've thoroughly convinced me of your value. H.M., and how would that work? 
Should I offer you gifts? Back rubs? Wash your car? Catra's mind briefly got fuzzy at the thought of back rubs. Maybe topless back rubs. Then as the last question registered, she snapped out, appalled. Never touch my car. Whoa. Okay, my bad. I was just trying to figure out your love languages. My what? Love languages. The ways that people like to show love and how they want other people to show it to them. I had a whole conversation with Scorpia about it last week. Sorry, I just assumed it was something she talked about with you too. She seemed pretty enthusiastic about it. Scorpia knows that she should miss me with that shit. Adora seemed a little disappointed with the turn the conversation had taken, but her grip on Catra's hand held firm. Wanting to make more of an effort, Catra asked, Do you have any hobbies? Besides being terrible at carnival games? All those games are totally rigged. You and Frosted just got lucky. Besides, I did win one of them. Smashing a hammer onto a stationary panel, you mean? Oh yes, that required a high skill level. Adora bumped her lightly with a shoulder before she could dodge. I'm happy to have a rematch. You just let me know. Katra usually pretended to not care about winning, but she did have a strong competitive drive. Before she could think better of it, she said, The water park has a pretty big arcade. I bet there's lots of games there I can beat you at. She looked over at Adora in time to see her eyes light up at the word, arcade. You're on! They were now crossing the parking lot in front of Catra's shop, and she found herself feeling a little saddened that the night was over. Once they got to the front door, Adora gave her hand a squeeze and then let it go. Catra bounced her keys in her hand, not quite sure what to say. She was torn between asking the other woman if they could hang out again soon, and rushing inside to hide and try to ignore the confusing feelings she was having. Once she looked up and met Adora's gaze though, her thoughts of escaping vanished. The blonde's eyes were soft and hungry at the same time, and it looked like she was thinking hard about something. Eventually, Adora asked, Would it be okay if I kissed you? It caught Katra off guard, and her nervous fidgeting halted as her hand froze along with her brain. After a moment, she managed to get out one word. Yes. Adora took a hesitant step closer and searched Katra's face. Whatever she saw there seemed to be enough encouragement for her to lean in and place a feather-light kiss on Catra's lips. It was gentle and fleeting and as Adora pulled away, Catra scowled, wanting more contact. Adora caught the look and favored her with a lopsided smile, as if unsure how to take that reaction. Kiss me again. The lopsided smile morphed into a flashing grin before Adora complied pressing harder into her mouth this time and resting a hand on Catra's hip. It didn't seem like she should be able to feel the warmth of Adora's skin through the layers of fabric, but Catra swore that she could. The second kiss melted into a third, and now she stepped closer, grabbing a fistful of Adora's shirt in the process. The blonde's hand tightened, taking a firmer grip on Catra's waist and sending a pleasant shiver down her spine. They were both lost in the moment now, Catra's body suffusing with a pleasant warmth, and her mind drifting to a place filled with blue eyes and strong hands and flames licking along her limbs. A slight moan from Adora that she felt more than heard snapped her back to the present, and she pulled away abruptly, belated noticing that she was out of breath. Adora looked at her questioningly, 
eyes dark and lips swollen. It was almost enough to make Catra kiss her again, but instead, she took another step back, needing some distance. I should go inside. Okay. It looked like the blonde wanted to say more, but she just pressed her lips together into a tight smile. Are you okay to get home? The smile widened, just slightly. Yeah, I'll be fine. My house is only a few minutes from here, at the end of Moon Avenue. But I could text you to let you know I made it? Yeah. Yeah, that would be good. Catra stood for a moment as Adora pulled out her phone and gave her an expectant look. Oh, right. She recited her number and watched as Adora entered it into her phone. One more long look and Adora took a step away. Good night, Catra. Good night. She stood at her door until the blonde disappeared into the distance, and then let out a deep sigh. She was in trouble. Chapter 15 What do you think? She was sitting on a stool in the kitchen of her friend's apartment, sipping on a cup of coffee. The morning sun was sifting in through cheerful blue curtains and glinting off the edges of Entrapta's laptop as she furiously typed and clicked. After so many years of hearing that sound as a backdrop, Catra found it almost comforting. It was a Monday morning, so her shop was currently closed, and her usual routine was to come over to have breakfast with her two friends, assuming they were around. This morning, Scorpio was at the gym doing a personal training session, so when Catra arrived, there was a plate of waffles and eggs waiting for her and a full pot of coffee. Having finished her food and refilled her own coffee as well as Entrapta's, two tiny cups that were 50% mint syrup, she was contemplating how different things were than a year ago. This apartment looked like something out of a magazine, especially compared to the dark, crumbling industrial feel of their place in Fright City. Scorpia's cheerfulness seemed more authentic than forced now, Entrapta looked like she actually got some sleep, and Catra had to admit to herself that she was the happiest she'd ever been. Even in spite of the unexpected and confusing feelings she'd been plagued with since the Halloween festival two days before. Since that night, she and Adora had been texting back and forth. Mostly just innocuous comments about the weather, or the festival being fun, as well as a few memes. Nothing to reference their makeout session or any feelings about it. Catra really needed to talk with Adora about what happened, but not over text, and maybe not yet. Hey Trap. I'd like to talk to you about something that happened to me a few days ago. Her friend replied without looking up. I can give you my full attention in approximately two minutes. Sounds good. True to her word, one minute and fifty-three seconds later, Entrapta was closing her laptop and staring right at Catra. All right. Please tell me what happened. Okay. You know who Adora is, right? Affirmative. Firefighter. Former Bright Moon resident. Gym enthusiast. Recently moved to town. I believe those are most of my current data points. That sounds accurate. Catra took a sip of coffee to fortify herself before continuing. I ended up spending time with her at the Halloween festival, and I think I like her. She looked at Entrapta hesitantly, as if she dropped a bomb. Her friend looked steadily back, and the silence stretched into something uncomfortable, at least for Catra. Finally Entrapta responded. Oh. Were you waiting for my reaction? That didn't seem like a statement that required commentary. No, I'm trying to tell you that I think I have romantic feelings for her. 
Yes, I gathered that from the particular emphasis which you put on the word. Like. Dot. Now Catra's volume and pitch increased. I don't get crushes on people, though. I don't know what to do. Ah, uh, so you're asking for advice? Entrapta paused and looked confused. And you came to me for guidance about a potential romantic relationship? Her friend sighed and slumped over the counter. I'm having a lot of feelings about this, which is confusing. If I talk to Scorpia about this, she'll have a lot of feelings too, and that would be overwhelming. I see. Scorpia did mention to me that she sensed a romantical vibe between you and Adora and proceeded to tell me about it for several minutes. So, I believe your supposition about her feelings is correct. In that case, please. Summarize the situation so I can have all the information before attempting to provide my advice. Catra did, talking in Trapta through her initial impressions of Adora and how they had shifted, and with flushed cheeks, described the basics of their walk home and subsequent make-out session. Her friend's attention didn't waver and after she'd finished talking, Entrapta sat silently for a moment, obviously pondering her words before replying. What do you see as the problem? From your description, it seems that you both have a romantic interest in each other that so far, you have enjoyed exploring. It sounds like the two of you just need to talk about it more openly. Or is there some conflict that I've failed to account for? No, no conflict, Katra admitted, practically whining. I just don't know how to do relationships. Maybe it's better to take a step back and just be friends. Then no one gets hurt. And I don't have to deal with all these feelings. Entrapta's brow furrowed as she took in these words. When she responded, her tone was decisive. Your reasoning is not sound. There is no reward without some measure of risk. You are a smart and capable person and you should not let irrational fear prevent you from pursuing a healthy relationship. She paused, thought for a moment, and continued. Or, more colloquially, get your shit together. Catra's eyebrows flew up and she stared at her friend, gobsmacked. Then, she collapsed onto the countertop, seized with uncontrollable laughter. For her part, Entrapta looked both pleased and confused. After a quick glance assured her that her friend wasn't choking, she opened her laptop and began typing again. On Sunday morning, Adora had woken up in a good mood, remnants of pleasant dreams she couldn't quite remember swirling in her head. She went through her normal Sunday routine of a run followed by a big breakfast, and then she put on a jacket and went to sit in her yard with a cup of coffee while she called her brother. Adam answered with his usual, bright, Hi sis, and then they jumped into catching up about their respective weeks. So how was the Halloween festival? It was really fun. More fun than I thought it would be. And the night ended in an interesting way. Her brother let out an intrigued. Oh. Then he continued. Hang on. I'm going to find Tila and put you on speakerphone. I'm sensing this interesting night might be something she wants to hear about too. After a few moments, Adora heard Tila's voice coming through the phone. Okay, what's going on, Adora? Adam just said that you had something interesting to tell us while he wiggled his eyebrows like a big goof. Ugh, it's not that big of a deal. I just got to spend some time with Katra, and it was really nice. Two voices shouted almost in concert. Nice? Define nice for me, sis. Feeling uncharacteristically flustered, 
Adora replied. I ran into her and one of her friends at the festival, and they invited me to join them. So, we all played games together and watched the costume contest. Well, they were in it together and they won, so technically I watched while they participated. Oh, she's rambling, Tila said, cutting in. Whatever comes next must be good. Adam's responding snicker came crackling through the phone. Anyway, Adora continued, trying to sound stern. After Catra's friend left I offered to walk her home, and we ended up holding hands. Now she was interrupted again by Adam cooing like a grandmother watching an especially precious baby yawn. The next sound after that was undoubtedly Tila elbowing him, followed by his protest. Whatever, it's cute. And then Tila's voice, full of expectation. Please continue, Adora. Okay, um, so I walked her home and we held hands the whole way, and when we got there, I asked if I could kiss her, and she said yes and then we made out and it was really amazing. The last few words came out in a rush squeak, and she stopped abruptly, the tips of her ears burning. There was a moment of silence, and then a combination of squeals and shouts that blended into near incoherence as she pulled the phone away from her ear. Once the loudest of the sounds died down, she heard a distinct, Hell yeah! from Tila and then a smug question from her brother. Did my advice work then? Adora groaned. Yes, I admit it. I followed your advice and I think it made a difference. Yes. I knew it. Thank you though, really. So now what? Tila asked. When do you see her again? I'm not sure. I want to take things slow. We've texted a couple times back and forth, but she hasn't brought up what happened. Oh shit. Do you think she just wants to be friends? Whoa, whoa. Pause the panic mode. Just give it a few days. Stay in contact, but keep it light, and then assuming she seems interested in continuing to communicate, be direct. Ask her out. Okay, okay. The hammering of Adora's heart slowed a bit as she considered this advice. I can do that. Good. Definitely keep us posted, though. Yeah, maybe when we come for Christmas, you'll have a new girlfriend to introduce us to. Are you really going to come here for Christmas? That's the plan. The rest of their conversation was a combination of them making excited holiday plans and teasing Adora about her future girlfriend. Adora took their advice, and for the next few days made sure to text Katra every day to say hi, throwing in a few silly memes here and there. The other woman always responded, even sending back a few hilarious memes of her own, but nothing that ever seemed directly flirtatious. Between Adora's growing crush on Katra and her general lack of chill, she was finding it very challenging to keep following Tila's advice, but the last thing she wanted was to scare Katra off. Since she'd been the one to make the first move, she decided to wait for Katra to make the next one. That moment finally came several days later, when Katra texted her the following message. Would you be interested in meeting up and talking? Maybe I could come to your place? She only restrained herself from responding for thirty seconds. Katra spent a few days thinking about her conversation with Entrapta before she got up the courage to take her friend's advice. She also spent a lot of time replaying the scene in the gym locker room over and over in her head. When she'd first walked into that locker room, she noticed a woman changing and had been about to avert her eyes and walk past. But when they suddenly turned and flashed her, Katra's lesbian soul betrayed her.
Her gaze was drawn like a magnet to that sculpted torso and what were, quite frankly, the most perfect breasts she'd seen in a while. Before she'd had a chance to look away, the woman succeeded in getting her top fully off and Catra was faced with Adora staring at her, eyes wide. The blonde woman was looking at her now, seemingly about to say something, but she stayed silent. Her expression was not embarrassed, but intrigued as she studied Catra. Catra felt herself blushing under the gaze, and tried again to look away, but when a ripple went through the muscles of Adora's stomach, Catra's traitorous eyes dipped down. With effort, she pulled her eyes away, looked back up, and was captured by big blue eyes. Several thoughts went careening through her head, none of which she could say out loud. Why is she so hot? What the fuck? Boobs, oh my god, boobs. And most mortifyingly, a vivid image of running her tongue across each ridge and contour of that six-pack. Bereft of speech and full of desire, all she could do was spin on her heel and retreat as quickly as possible. She and Adora still hadn't discussed that incident, which she was thankful for. On Thursday afternoon, before she could talk herself out of it, she sent Adora a text to ask if they could meet up and talk. She hoped it wasn't sending the wrong message to invite herself over, but it was a conversation she wanted to have in private. The response came back quickly. Adora, that would be great. I'm free tonight if that works. They sent a few more texts back and forth to confirm the time, and then Catra put her phone away and tried to bury herself in work until it was closing time. She was mostly able to keep her mind from shifting to the upcoming conversation, though she did find her attention drifting somewhat while she was taking her post-work shower. But anyone who'd seen Adora's arms would have a hard time blaming her for her distraction. Like most commutes in Bright Moon, the walk over to Adora's house took less than ten minutes. On the way over, Catra rehearsed what she planned to say. Or tried to rehearse at least given that she didn't truly have a plan. She knew that Entrapta's suggestion of just telling the truth made sense, but it was complicated by the fact that she didn't really know what the truth was yet. There were a collection of facts she and Adora had made out, she enjoyed spending time with her, and she thought the firefighter was hot. Then there was a collection of confusing, swirling emotions that she couldn't yet wrap her head around. It left her feeling vulnerable, which made her irritable and anxious. She knew that wasn't the best starting point for a potentially serious conversation, but delaying talking about whatever was going on sounded even worse. She stopped in the middle of the sidewalk, gritted her teeth, and kept walking. Before she had time to second-guess herself again, she'd arrived. The rental house Adora was currently occupying was compact and cute with a small yard in front and a bright blue door that matched the freshly painted shutters. Catra marched up the front walk, stepped onto the porch, and rapped smartly on the door. She'd barely had time to lower her hand back to her side before the door opened, and she was met with Adora's enthusiastic smile and shining eyes. Hi! Hi! Come on in! Catra willed herself to step across the doorway. Once inside, she cast her eyes around, curious. The space was small, but tidy while still feeling cozy. Adora led her through a small entryway and into the living room, then gestured at the couch. Is this an okay spot to talk? Oh, and can I get you anything? Water, beer, a uh, protein shake. This drew a smile out of Catra. No thanks. I'm good.
She sat down on the couch gingerly, and Adora sat down next to her, twisting her fingers together in a way that made Catra realize that the other woman was nervous. Those big blue eyes were staring at her expectantly, waiting for her to start the conversation. Thanks for letting me come over. I just wanted to be able to have some privacy. That can be kind of hard in bright moons sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Katra paused again, and then decided to just jump in without further preamble. So we made out the other night. Adora's response was a sultry purr of confirmation. We sure did. Katra glanced at her and quickly looked away. Uh, it was unexpected. I mean, for me at least. Now there was a hesitant note in Adora's voice. It wasn't bad, was it? No, no. Not bad. No, it was really good. Somehow their hands were touching now. Adora's fingers started to run gently over Katra's and she found herself losing focus on where she was going with this conversation. The firefighter was the one to speak next. So you wanted to talk about that? Yes. Her body betrayed her by shifting closer to Adora. I was feeling confused and wanted to know where things stood. Now, she fixed her mismatched eyes on Adora's face, which was a lot closer than it had been a second ago. The other woman's eyes dipped down and back up before fixing on Catra's, and then her free hand came up to gently cup Catra's cheek. I like you, Catra. That's something I don't want you to be confused about. This time, Catra was the one to lean in first. The first touch of Adora's lips on hers pushed away the rest of her swirling thoughts, and she focused on the kissing. Any plans at further conversation were totally derailed as Adora's other hand moved to rest on her hip and pull her closer. When she woke up the next morning with a warm, solid presence pressed against her back, she tried to summon up a feeling of panic at this unexpected twist, but all her body could manage was languorous contentment. Catra stretched slightly causing a ripple of responding movement from the still-sleeping body behind her. She stayed there for a few more minutes, her brain's pleased comfort gradually shifting into something closer to uncertain embarrassment. It was Friday morning, and she needed to extract herself from this situation and get to work. Well, take a shower, get some coffee, and then start work in that order. In a series of furtive movements, she managed to wiggle to the side of the bed and sat on the edge looking around the room in hopes that it would provide some clues as to how this had happened. Well, she knew how this had happened. Those memories were flooding back with a clarity precise enough to nearly drive her back under the covers and towards Adora's warm skin. The out-of-control feeling that she'd been having before last night returned with full force, and she cast her eyes about, looking for her clothes. She was halfway dressed and looking for her shirt when Adora's voice, rough with sleep, sounded behind her. Good morning. When she turned, those blue eyes raked up and down her still topless torso, seeming extremely pleased with what they were seeing. Um, hi. Good morning. Then Adora sat up and stretched, and the sheet fell down to pool around her waist. It was Catra's turn to stare, take a deep breath, and stare some more. Then she pivoted sharply and continued the quest for her shirt. If you give me a few minutes I can make you breakfast. Without turning around, she replied. That's okay. I should really get going. Coffee? The question was hopeful. Stealing herself, Katra replied, trying to keep her tone light. I'll take a rain check. I need to get to work. 
Okay. Now she couldn't help but turn and look. Adora's hair was a disheveled halo around her shoulders and in the morning light filtering in through the curtains she looked like the kind of angel who carried a sword, tired from battle. Utterly appealing. Your shirt is in the other room, by the way. You know from when? Right. Now Catra remembered the feverish removal of clothing that had started in the living room, before Adora had picked her up and carried her to the bed. At this memory, she truly wanted to escape but instead found herself circling the bed to stand by Adora's side. Almost hesitantly, she brushed back a lock of blonde hair and then leaned down to press a light kiss onto Adora's lips. After a moment, she pulled back and then took a step back. I'll see you later. A lopsided smile and a soft, bye, was the response right before she left the room. Thankfully, the rest of her clothes and belongings were easy to find, and as soon as she was fully dressed, she let herself out the front door and started to walk back to her place. The chill in the morning air helped clear her head, but did little to dispel the unfamiliar warmth pooling in her belly. Things were not going as planned. Chapter 16. Say it with flowers. Adora lay in bed, staring at the ceiling, a dreamy smile on her face. When she'd gotten Catra's text the day before, she hadn't been exactly sure what to think, but what had happened last night had gone above and beyond any of her expectations. She'd wished that the other woman would have stayed for breakfast and maybe some more morning kisses, but it was a weekday after all. Unfortunately, that meant that she needed to stop daydreaming and get out of bed. Katra hadn't seemed regretful when she'd left, but Adora wanted to make sure it stayed that way, and most importantly, she didn't want just a one-night stand but how to convey that without coming on too strong. She threw on some clothes and wandered into the kitchen to make some coffee. On the way, she grabbed her phone and was momentarily excited to see some text notifications. It turned out to just be a few cute cat photos from her. Brother. She texted back a couple heart-eyed cat emojis and then stretched against the countertop as she waited for the water to boil. After a few minutes of pondering, and getting the hot water poured into her French press, she decided to text Hila. Adora, good morning. Can I get some advice? Halfway through her first cup of coffee and a set of push-ups, she got a response. Tila, good morning to you. How can I help? Adora, okay, so, Katra and I hooked up last night, and I'm not sure what to do now. Tila, is she still there? Adora, no, she already left for work. Almost immediately, her phone started ringing. She accepted the call and put it on speaker so she could pace through the house, partly to start getting ready, but partly to dispel some of the nervous energy she was now feeling. Okay, I want all the details, but ugh, I don't have time for all of them at the moment, so give me the summary. Hello to you too, Adora teased. Dude, cut the small talk and get to the good shit. All right, well Catra texted me yesterday and asked if we could talk. I wasn't sure what to expect, but I invited her to come over so we could talk privately. Tila interrupted. No rambling. Speed it up. Right. Right. We didn't get a chance to talk much before we kissed again, and one thing led to another. Was it good? Adora's face flushed as a few images from the night before came to mind. She had to clear her throat before she could respond. Yeah, um, yeah, it was good. Her attempt at a casual tone failed utterly. 
Tila crowded with laughter. Oh wow, I really want more details so I can live vicariously, but that will have to wait. Okay, so that happened. What's the problem? I still don't know what she really wanted to talk about. And I want to date her, but I have no idea what she would think about that. I want more than a one-night stand. Now her sister-in-law sounded more contemplative. You're worried she regrets sleeping with you. Yeah, kind of. She seemed okay when she left, but what if she wasn't? What if she thinks this was all a huge mistake? Hey, hey, let's not go into freak-out mode just yet. Okay, okay. What should I do instead? You want more than a friend with benefits, right? So make sure she knows that. But how? Make a romantic gesture. Woo her. That's a really good idea. Adora replied, the wheels in her head already turning. Obviously. Tila bantered back, sounding smug. I have to go, but I expect a more thorough update soon. Sure thing. Thanks, Tila. No problem. Good luck. Adora hopped out of her truck and glanced at the building in front of her, hoping that they were open. She'd taken a few steps when the building's door swung open and a tall, willowy blonde in a flowing dress stepped out onto the porch. Adora Grayskull? Uh, that's me. She squinted at the beaming woman in front of her and realized. Perfuma? Yes, hello. Welcome. As soon as she stepped onto the porch, her arm was grabbed and Perfuma dragged her inside. The interior of the building was crammed with plants, jars of honey and jam and other miscellaneous goods like candles and colorful shawls. I heard you were back in town. It's so good to see you. Adora flashed her a polite smile. In high school, Perfuma had been part of her friend group, but they'd never been super close. Then again, she hadn't really been that close with anyone besides her brother before they'd moved away. She mostly just hung out with whoever was around him, or spent time being angsty all alone. She knew she'd be running into more people from her past, but besides the brief moment of seeing Bao at the pizza place, she hadn't seen anyone else yet. She wasn't sure exactly how to act. You look different. The last time she'd seen Perfuma, she'd been in a solid emo phase, so this look was quite a shift. Perfuma laughed lightly in response. Yes, I suppose this is a little different from my dyed hair and dark lipstick. This look suits you. Thank you? I think so too. Now, how can I help you this morning? I was hoping to buy some flowers. To send to someone? Oh, a bouquet? I can certainly help you with that. Come with me. Adora found herself dragged through the back door and over to a greenhouse behind the building. They stepped inside into warmer, more humid air, and Perfuma grabbed a small bucket and a pair of scissors. Now, what kind of flowers would you like? Overwhelmed, and suddenly forgetting the name of every flower, Adora could only manage. Um, I'm not sure. Perfuma favored her with a sunny smile. That's okay. We're on this journey together. Is there a certain message that you're trying to send? Adora blushed. I like you in a romantic way and I want you to know. Okay, I can definitely work with that. Any particular colors or themes to avoid? Adora thought of the sharpness of Catra's smile and the deft confidence of her hands. Nothing too girly or fluffy. Something bold. 
catching the abstracted look on the other woman's face, Perfuma smiled to herself. May I ask who the flowers are for? That might help me determine the right vibe. They're for Katra. Ah. That single syllable conveyed several emotions that Adora didn't have the context to understand. Do you make deliveries? Of course. Now let me put something together, and we can see what you think. Thank you. The sheen of a fresh coat of paint never failed to give her a slight thrill. Satisfied that she hadn't missed any spots, she stepped back and pulled off her respirator and goggles before heading inside for a drink. She grabbed a bottle of water from the mini-fridge in the office and almost spit her first sip out when she noticed a huge bouquet of flowers sitting on the end of the reception desk. What the hell are those? She spluttered. Frosta gave her a flat, pitying stare. Wow, I knew that Fright City sucked, but was it such a barren hell's cape that flowers didn't grow there? By now, Catra was nearly immune to her teen employee's sarcastic retorts. She stepped closer, eyeing the flowers like they might bite her. I understand the concept of flowers. What the hell are they doing here? The girl shrugged. Maybe read the card. A closer look revealed a small envelope hiding amongst the blooms. One quick grab and she had it in her hand. The front had her name scrawled across it, proving that the flowers had ended up here on purpose. Impatient and slightly apprehensive, she tore the envelope open, turning her back on Frosta as she did so. The message on the card inside was brief. Thanks for a great night. Adora. Quickly, she stuffed the card back in the envelope and tucked it into her pocket. She turned, almost said something, and then stalked away. She needed an adult. Frosta watched her speculatively for a minute and then sent off a quick text. Winter's Bane Snowflake. Does getting flowers usually make someone look like they saw a ghost? Sparkle cause sparkles. What? Winter's Bane Snowflake. NVM. Middle finger. She sighed. Grown-ups were so weird. Catra wandered through town, not quite sure where she was going. It was almost lunchtime, and she knew Scorpia and Entrapta were at work together today, but she wasn't ready to talk about the situation with either of them. Eventually, she found herself outside the Crimson Waste. The sign said that they were open, so after a brief shrug, she walked in. It was quiet inside, with 90s rock playing over the speakers at a reasonable volume. To her surprise, Raz was sitting alone at a table with a large mug in front of her. As Catra walked by, she blinked behind her thick glasses and shouted, Hello, dearie, before hefting her mug and taking a huge gulp. With an incredulous shake of her head, Catra continued to the bar where Lonnie was polishing glassware. She sat down on a stool, leaning one elbow on the bar top. The bartender's eyebrows raised, and she set down the glass she was working on and wandered closer. Well, hello. Usually, it's just me and Raz at this time of day. She likes to have her. Pick me up. Those are her words, before she goes in and starts making pizzas. Beer and knives and hot ovens don't seem to me like they mix well, but she still has all her fingers. From behind them, Rez slammed her mug on the table, stood, and with an agility that seemed nearly magical, started hustling towards the door. By dearies, she called loudly right as she crossed the threshold. Wow, that woman is really something, Katra murmured. Lani nodded. So what can I get you? Uh, a beer, I guess. 
something light. Lonnie moved down to the taps, filled a pint glass, and laid it delicately in front of Katra. Then she stood, as if waiting for something. What? Well, you're here on a weekday at. Here she paused to take an exaggerated look at her watch. 11 a.m. That seems a little unusual. My day so far has been a little unusual. Lonnie took a few steps down the bar and started polishing glasses again. How so? Katra debated whether to ignore the question, but she did want to talk about what was going on and Lonnie was as close to a disinterested third party as she was likely to get. She decided to just go for it. Have you ever been in a confusing, uh, romantic situation where you weren't sure what to do? Lonnie chuckled. Yeah, I'd say that I have. Though that's a pretty broad question. The other woman sighed and tried to figure out how to say what she was trying to say. I've never been in a real relationship before and I'm not sure how to do one. Ah, uh, okay. The bartender gave a low whistle. I'm not sure that I'm the best person to dispense advice, but I'm happy to listen if you want to talk. Gotta uphold the bartender code. A few sips of beer later, Katra squared her shoulders and began. At the Halloween festival I ended up hanging out unexpectedly with Adora, and it was really fun. By the end, it felt like a spontaneous date, and afterwards I was feeling really confused. She stopped to drink a little more and continued at Lonnie's encouraging nod. Not confused about what happened exactly, more like confused by all the feelings I was having. So I went to talk to Adora about it yesterday, but we got sidetracked. Lonnie flashed a brief grin but stayed silent. Anyway, this morning she sent me flowers. And now I really don't know what to do. The bartender crossed her arms. What seems to be the problem? It sounds like the two of you are dating. Or at least, that Adora wants to date you. How do I know though? You could just ask. I hate feelings. Katra muttered but was distracted when her phone went off with a series of texts. Sparkles, where are you? Went to the shop and Frostus said you left. Wouldn't say where. Is something going on? Catra debated whether she should respond but knew if she ignored Glimmer that her phone would keep blowing up, so she sent a quick text back that just said, Crimson Waste. The response from Glimmer was nearly instantaneous. OTW. Catra drained her beer. Might as well get me a refill. Glimmer is heading here. The door to H.K. Technology swung open and Perfuma breezed in, the scent of flowers and we trailing after her. Hi, honey! She called out as a greeting to the large woman behind the front desk. Oh, hi! Scorpia replied, with an enthusiastic grin. I brought you lunch. There's something for Entrapta in there, too. Even though it seemed physically impossible, Scorpia's grin widened. You are just the sweetest little flower. Entrapta's head popped into the hallway from a room just beyond the reception area. Hello, hippie woman. Perfuma is fine, Perfuma said mechanically, as if repeating herself for the hundredth time, which she was. Scorpia bustled out of her desk chair and wrapped Perfuma in a tight hug. Then she wrapped a burly arm around the other woman's waist and started to escort her down the hall to the conference room. Almost immediately, she had to let go and twist awkwardly because the hallway was too narrow for them to walk next to each other given Scorpia's broad shoulders. Lunchtime! Entrapta shouted and bounced down the hallway after them. 
Perfuma laid out the food, veggie wraps for herself and Scorpia, with a bonus protein shake for the larger woman, and several tiny versions of the wraps, liberally dripping with ranch dressing, for Entrapta. Perfuma was on a mission to get Entrapta to eat more vegetables, but she understood the limits. After a few minutes of eating, punctuated by pleased and grateful exclamations from Scorpia, Perfuma said, Guess who was at my shop buying flowers first thing this morning? Since all she got from Entrapta was a distracted mumble and Scorpia was midway through chugging her shake, she quickly answered her own question. It was Adora. She bought a really pretty bouquet. Now that Scorpia was able to speak, she said, Oh, that's nice. She was halfway to taking another bite of her wrap when she caught the mischievous expression on Perfuma's face. Wait, did something else happen? Perfuma delivered the next bit of news with deep satisfaction. Adora had me deliver the flowers. To Catra. Luckily, Scorpia's mouth was empty. Oh, what? Really? Do you think they were just friendship flowers? Is there such a thing as friendship flowers? Scorpia's excitement had drawn Entrapta's attention away from her screen and now she sat looking at Perfuma and awaiting an answer. Adora sent a card too but I don't know what it said. I'm guessing they weren't friendship flowers, though. Scorpia gasped with surprise and delight. Wildcat hasn't said anything to me about this. Oh my gosh, should I call her? Should I pretend not to know? What should I do? The questions fell quickly from her mouth, and she snatched up her phone as if ready to call Catra that very instant. Before she could work herself into a complete tizzy, Entrapta intervened. Perhaps you could wait until she shares this information with you. Then you'll know that she wants to talk about it and can find out what her feelings about the matter truly are. Huh. I guess that does make sense, Scorpia said, not sounding entirely convinced. I think Entrapta is right. Let Catra be the one to bring it up to you. After glancing between the two of them, Scorpia gently set down her phone with a heavy sigh. Okay. Thank you, hippie woman. Perfuma is fine. Glimmer had blasted through the door of the crimson waist, marched over to where Catra was sitting, and plopped down onto the stool next to her. She looked from Catra's face to the beer sitting in front of her to Lani's raised eyebrows. Wow, so there is a situation. When Catra's only response was to mumble something unintelligible and take another gulp of her drink, the pink-haired woman turned to Lani. I'll have a screwdriver. It's early but I can't let you drink alone. Once Lonnie had made the drink and delivered it, she busied herself a short distance away, but still within earshot. Glimmer poked Catra in the shoulder aggressively. So, what's up? I think I might be dating Adora. The resulting shriek rattled the glasses hanging behind the bar. What? Lonnie glared at both of them, and Glimmer's next questions came out at a slightly more reasonable volume. Since when? How? Oh my god, Spill! Catra rested her head against the top of the bar. Was this better than Scorpia's gushing and excited hand-waving? It was hard to say. It would be better to just get it over with, though. She sat up. Okay, fine. She told Glimmer what she told Lonnie, but with a little more detail and a lot more interruptions. When she was finished, she crossed her arms protectively across her chest and waited for the other woman's final reaction. It came along with a sharp, teasing grin. So you like her, 
I mean, you really like her. You're freaking out. Not helpful. Glimmer just laughed. Wait, you want me to be helpful? I spent years not realizing I was pining over my best friend and my most recent relationship was being your not-girlfriend, so... She has a point, Lonnie added. Katra rolled her eyes. So who could actually be helpful then? My two best friends have little to no relationship experience. Spinrella and Natasa have a really good relationship and they've been together forever. Lonnie offered. Okay, see, that's actually helpful advice. Again, I never said I was here to be helpful, Glimmer replied. Katra drained her beer and stood up, tossing a handful of bills onto the bar. That's for my drinks and hers. Glimmer started to protest, but Katra just waved a hand dismissively and gave her a quick side hug. Thanks for coming to check on me. I'll see you later. Right before she got out the door, Glimmer called after her. I expect updates. Lonnie collected the money and waved it at Glimmer with a smirk. See, if Bao had been that assertive, maybe you would have figured things out sooner. I had no idea he was trying to take me on a date. Pretty sure everyone else realized it. I think you were right to not try and give Catra dating advice. Probably. I don't think she needs advice, though. No. She knows what she wants. She just has to admit it to herself. Chapter 17. Advice, please. From the bar, Catra walked over to the cafe. On the way, she sent Frosta a quick text to see if she wanted lunch. As she walked in, Frosta's response came through, buffalo chicken wrap. Ranch, not blue cheese. There were a few folks ahead of her in line, and by the time she'd gotten to the register, she'd received several follow-up messages. And chips. Don't forget chips. Spicy chips. She gave her order to Natasha, and then, since no one else was waiting, made small talk with her for a moment trying to build up the confidence to ask what she really wanted to ask. Thankfully, Natasa seemed to pick up on something, because she gave Katra a long look and asked, Are you okay? Uh, yes? Oh yeah, that was convincing. Natasa waved her hand towards a stool near the end of the counter. Have a seat. Katra followed that direction, and Natasa walked along the counter to stand behind it and face her. So, what's going on? I was trying to get some advice earlier from the wrong people, and they suggested that I talk to you and Spinnerella instead. She lowered her voice, embarrassed. It's about relationships. Natasha grinned. Wow, okay. Hang on. She turned and called back towards the kitchen. Hey, Spinny. Her wife appeared in the doorway. Yes, darling? It seems that our skills are needed. Katra needs some advice about relationships. Spinny wandered over to her wife's side. How can we help? Now under the scrutiny of two pairs of eyes, Katra ducked her head to stare at the counter. Um, so, I've never really been in a relationship before. But what does it mean if someone sends you flowers after an unexpected? Unable to think of a classy way to finish that sentence, she trailed off. The wives exchanged a glance. Natasha gestured for Spinny to reply first. Generally, if someone sends you flowers, it's to show that they care. And that they're thinking of you. It's a good thing, Natasha added gently. If you want to make a similar gesture, you can get them a small gift. 
Something you know they'll like. Right. Of course. And if you want to move forward with the relationship, make sure they know you appreciate the gift. It's good to be clear about your intentions. Honesty helps. Spinella gave her a warm smile after she'd finished speaking and Catra gave her a weak but grateful one in return. Now let me go make those wraps so you can get going. With that, she bustled back into the kitchen. The bell rang as another customer walked in, and Natasa gave her a final piece of advice before moving back towards the register. She's right. It can be scary to be honest, but it will make things better. Thanks. Natasa nodded. Back at the shop, Katra handed a grateful frost to her lunch, including extra chips, and sat down to eat. She couldn't help but stare at the flowers. They were quite stunning, a mix of deep crimson roses and other flowers in shades of red and purple. The whole bouquet was tied together with a matching ribbon and placed in a simple vase. Altogether, the effect was regal and mysterious, and she wondered if this was a reflection of how Adora saw her. After she'd finished eating, she pulled out her phone to text Adora, debating for several minutes on what to say. Ultimately, she decided on a simple but true statement. The flowers are beautiful. Thank you. Remembering what Natasha had said, she decided to send one more text. I've never gotten flowers before. It's nice. Deciding that she was at her limit of vulnerability for the moment, she turned her phone on silent and stashed it in the desk drawer electing to focus on her lunch and the rest of her workday. Frosta had given her a few minutes of space, but once she saw Katra put away her phone, she started to stare at her suspiciously. Try as she might, Katra couldn't ignore the force of that look for long. Can I help you? She finally growled. Wow, see this is why I should always answer the phone. Your customer service voice is terrible. That isn't my customer service voice. She started to protest, then stopped and rolled her eyes as Frosta started to snicker. You're so easy to mess with. For the hundredth time, Katra tried to remember what her life had been like before she was regularly dragged by a teenager. You got me, she replied in a flat tone. They finished their lunches without any further conversation, and once she cleaned up, Katra turned to Frosta, curious. Has anyone ever sent you flowers before? E.W. No. Right. Never mind. At the fire station, the on-shift firefighters were working through their daily checklist which included some cleaning tasks and equipment checks. Upon starting the job, Adora had been working to get things more organized and efficient. Not that it had been bad before, but with the area fire chief focusing more on some of the larger towns in the area, the Bright Moon Fire Station didn't get much direct oversight. Now things were neat and clean, with some outdated equipment getting tossed and requisitions for new gear submitted. The other employees seemed pleased with her leadership so far, and she counted it as a huge win that she hadn't needed to punch anyone, or give any reprimands for misogyny or homophobia. Most of her fellow firefighters at the station were also some flavor of queer, which definitely gave the place a different vibe than anywhere she'd worked previously. There was even another cis woman firefighter, which was still a novelty for Adora. Her name was Juliet, and she had a stolid, no-nonsense presence. Though she was usually on the opposite shift from Adora, so they hadn't had much of an opportunity to interact. 
At the moment, she was giving one of the fire trucks a once-over, making sure that nothing needed to be restocked. After making a few notes on her clipboard, she exited the truck, handing off the paper to a burly firefighter named Scurvy. He insisted on being called by his last name because his first name was, apparently, Admiral. When she first started, she thought it was some kind of hazing prank, until he showed her his driver's license. Thanks, Scurvy. No problem, Lieutenant. He walked off to take care of the checklist items, and Adora took the opportunity to pull out her phone, brightening when she saw the text from Katra. When she read the second text, she felt both elated and sad. How had no one ever sent Katra flowers before? She was beautiful and amazing and... Hey, Lieutenant! She was jolted out of her reverie by Jewel, who walked over from the kitchen area to stand next to her. What's up, Star? He gave her an appraising look. I was going to tell you that lunch is ready, but now I want to know what put that look on your face. Or should I say who? None of your business, she answered, softening the words with a smile. Fair enough, he replied, with an answering smile. Hungry? Always. Jewel was definitely her favorite co-worker, easygoing and full of wild tales of adventures with his two siblings, both of whom also lived in Bright Moon. He was also the best cook at the station and didn't mind taking extra turns in the kitchen, which helped to further endear him to Adora. After lunch, Adora took a moment when no one else was around to text the reply back to Katra. You're welcome. You deserve them. The rest of the day was unremarkable, with no emergency calls. There was no return text back from Katra yet, but Adora wasn't too worried, now assuming that Katra wasn't regretting things, but might be feeling overwhelmed. Once she checked in with the incoming shift leader and eaten the snack that Jewel had set aside for her, she hopped in her truck for the short drive to the gym, calling Tila on speakerphone before starting her drive. Her sister-in-law answered without any preamble. What's the update? Hello to you too. Yeah, yeah? Out with it. I sent her flowers this morning. Oh, nice. Very romantic. Yeah, well, more romantic than I thought, because when she texted me to thank me, she also said no one had ever sent her flowers before. Ah, oh, that makes it even sweeter. When Adora didn't respond right away, Tila prompted her with, What's wrong? If she hasn't gotten flowers before, then maybe she hasn't done other relationship stuff before? Maybe she doesn't do relationships at all? Okay, okay. Before you go off into your usual anxiety spiral, take a deep breath. You said you don't want to be just friends with benefits, so I told you to woo her. That's still the plan. Right. Adora replied, grateful as always for Tila's ability to talk her down. So stick with the plan. Show her what you want with actions and words and see what happens. Right. Thank you. Of course. Now I've got to go, but make sure to keep your brother in the loop too so I don't have to deal with him pouting about being left out. Will do. Bye, Tila. By now, she'd arrived at the gym, so she got out of her truck and went inside, looking forward to focusing on something else than her nervous thoughts. When she walked through the door, Scorpia gave her a wave from behind a desk. Hi, Scorpia. She called over, then continued to the locker room. About ten minutes later, she was at the end of her warm-up when her gym buddy sidled up to her, a smile on her face. 
This in itself wasn't unusual, as Scorpius seemed blessed with an endless well of cheerfulness. However, something about the way she was smiling did seem a little strange. You okay, dude? Adora finally asked, after that smile was directed at her for an extended period. Me? Oh yeah, yeah totally good buddy. Just great. She stood by while Adora did a set of bicep curls and set the dumbbells back on the rack, and her smile never wavered. A uh, Scorpia? Hmm? You're acting a little weird. Who, me? PSHH. I am 100% normal today. She punctuated this unconvincing statement with an odd, high-pitched laugh and slapped Adora on the shoulder hard enough to send the blonde woman stumbling. Once she'd regained her balance, Adroa turned and looked the larger woman up and down thoroughly, a slight scowl on her face. You aren't okay. Did you get hit in the head with a medicine ball again? After a long moment where Scorpia's smile compressed until it looked like it was hurting her face, she suddenly burst out, contrite. Okay, you got me, buddy. It's just, you gave Catra flowers. Whatever Adora had expected to hear, it wasn't this. All she managed to say in response was, Huh? I know it's not my business, but Katra is my bestie, and she hasn't had much luck with romance, and I'm just so happy someone is being sweet to her. She just really deserves it. And I know she said she was fine with her and Glimmer breaking up, and yeah, she probably is, but it would just be so nice. Her happy rambling was abruptly cut off as Adora thrust out a hand like she was trying to aggressively high-five the air in front of Scorpion's face. Wait. Catra and Glimmer? Scorpia deflated like a balloon. A what? Who said that? That's just... When Adora continued to stare at her with furrowed brows, Scorpia cupped a hand next to one ear. Oh. I think I heard the phone. Catch you later, buddy. With that, she darted back to the front of the gym, leaving Adora gaping after her. What the fuck? Filled with confusion, jealousy, and a lot of question marks, the firefighter put her earbuds back in and turned on her angriest playlist. Now she definitely needed to work out some feelings. Katra had finished closing up the shop and was checking her phone, reading through a few random texts, including a few from Entrapta telling her about a new robot she was working on. The one from Adora made her smile and also gave her a pang in her chest. It was an unfamiliar feeling. You deserve them. There weren't many people in her life who thought she deserved much. She'd always been the outsider or the problem child. Besides Scorpia, who saw the good in everyone, and Entrapta, who showed that she cared in offbeat ways, she'd never had anyone else in her life who believed in her. It felt good to have someone new feel that way about her. Rolling her eyes at her own sappiness, she went upstairs, grabbed a beer from the fridge, and walked into the bathroom to take a shower. Shower beers were the best. She'd popped open the can and taken a sip when her phone chimed. Seeing that it was from Scorpia, she opened her messaging app. Before she could read the first message though, several more came through in quick succession. As she read them, her heart sank. I may have done something bad. Perfuma told me about the flowers Adora sent you. And I just saw Adora at the gym. Couldn't help but say something about the flowers. But also maybe accidentally told her that you and Glimmer dated. She seemed mad? Or maybe confused? I'm so sorry, Wildcat. 
Then followed a very long string of sad face and heart emojis. She gave a gusty sigh, drained half the beer, and texted Scorpia back. It's fine. I'll talk to her. And Glimmer and I never dated. Scorpia's next series of responses also came back quickly. Right. Again, so sorry. But also, she gave you flowers. More heart emojis with the addition of flower and rainbow emojis followed the last text. Catra decided to wait and see if she heard from Adora in the next couple hours, and if not, she would check in. Having finished her workout without really eliminating her feelings, Adora changed, grabbed her stuff, and headed out. She'd hoped to catch Scorpia and ask her some follow-up questions, but the woman had seemingly vanished into thin air. Frustrated and right on the verge of being hangry, she decided to stop at the cafe for a smoothie to tide her over until she could get home and make dinner. She was inside and standing in line behind a shorter woman, lost in her thoughts before she suddenly noticed the puff of pink hair. Before she had time to think of what she was going to say next, she'd already blurted out. Glimmer? Her tone was a lot louder than was appropriate for the moment, and unsurprisingly, startled Glimmer so badly that she flinched hard enough that she needed to take a stuttering step forward to stabilize herself. Then she whirled, scowling, and froze when she recognized the woman standing behind her. Adora Grayskull? Yeah. Hi. Sorry. This was clearly not going well, and Adora was worried that her face was doing something weird as the shorter woman continued to scrutinize her. Are you okay? Me? Oh, I'm fine. Just here for a smoothie. Glimmer looked like this answer didn't quite satisfy her, but she shrugged and changed the subject. How is being back in Bright Moon after so much time away? It's interesting. Things have changed a lot in a good way. Well, welcome back. Maybe we could get the old high school crew back together sometime? Grab a drink or something. Yeah, it would be good to see everyone. Glimmer smiled and then turned around as she got to the front of the line. As the shorter woman placed her order, Adora looked her over, thoughts whirling. Glimmer was basically the total opposite of her, physically. Was that what Catra was actually into? But then again, they weren't dating anymore, so that had to mean something. But who broke up with who? What if Catra was still into Glimmer? Having placed her order, Glimmer turned back to Adora. You're up. Jerked out of her increasing spiral of nerves and anxiety, Adora's reply was distracted. Okay. Glimmer gave her an odd look and stepped away to the other side of the cafe and sat down, apparently waiting on her order. Behind the counter, Spinnerella gave Adora a warm smile and when she didn't immediately respond, gently prompted. What can I get for you? A smoothie, please. My usual. By now Adora had been in enough that both of the owners knew her smoothie order. Coming right up. Her smoothie was ready before Glimmer's to-go food order, so she gave the other woman an awkward wave and said, I'll see you around, before quickly walking out without a backward glance. Glimmer looked at the door swinging closed and then back down at her phone screen. She'd been in the middle of a flirty conversation with Bao about their evening plans, but now she opened her chat with Ketra. Glimmer, just saw your new woman at the cafe. She was acting really weird. Katra, please don't call her that. Main squeeze? A hottie with a body? You're the worst. 
Apparently Scorpia just told Adora that you and I dated. Person face palming medium skitone. Oh shit. But. We didn't date. I know. Scorpia can't wrap her brain around that though. So you think what? Is Adora jealous? I don't know. I need to talk to her. I made Adora Grayskull jealous. Over a girl. This is fantastic. Again, you are the worst. I love you too. Lonnie entered the cafe just before Glimmer left, and gave her a nod and a smile before walking to the end of the counter and sitting down. Glimmer gathered up her bags of food, called out a general goodbye, and left to meet up with Bao. A few minutes after she left, Natasa made her way out of the kitchen and came around to sit on a stool next to Lonnie. The bar owner pulled two cold bottles of beer out of her bag, twisted off the caps, and passed one to her friend. Spinnerella finished wiping down a few tables, flipped the sign to closed, and locked the door before coming back behind the counter. She grabbed a glass and a pitcher and poured herself some juice before walking over to lean against the counter across from the other two women. Cheers, Spinny said, raising her glass and clinking it gently across the two bottles. They all took sips of their respective drinks, and then Lonnie started in a sly tone. Guess who was in the bar drinking today? They let the silence settle for a moment to give Lonnie the space for her dramatic pause. She grinned and continued, Katra, she was all up in her feelings about getting flowers. From Adora Grayskull. Natasa matched her grin with an even wider one. Well, guess who was in here asking for relationship advice? Katra. Lonnie chuckled. I guess she took my advice then, because I told her to talk to you too. Now Spinarella jumped in, knowing that if she let the two of them go they would devolve into competitive bickering. We gave her some advice. We'll see if she takes it. Good. I hope she does. Then Spinarella continued. You know, Adora was in here a little while ago and she seemed a bit off. Having been in the kitchen at the time, Natasa missed that situation, so she turned to her wife and asked, What do you mean? She seemed distracted, and she had some kind of strange interaction with Glimmer. I didn't catch their conversation, but Adora didn't seem very friendly. Hmm. Not sure what that was about, Lonnie commented. Glimmer knows about the whole Catra and Adora thing. She came out to the bar today, too. And she's happy for them. Who knows, Natasa. Maybe they have some beef from way back. They went to high school together after all. Lonnie shrugged and then turned to Natasa. We were both wrong in our predictions, though. About who Catra would get with after Glimmer. True. Though, to be fair to us, Adora wasn't in town yet. So we couldn't have guessed her. Fair enough. I would say we can make a new bet, but I don't know. I have to admit I'm rooting for them. Natasa smiled and elbowed Lonnie gently. Getting a little soft there? No, I get it. I am too. Spinarella raised her glass again. A toast then. To Catra and Adora and figuring it out. I'll drink that. Cheers. <laughs>